we'll find it Blue Tree Savings. Blue Tree Savings is on a mission to help as many parents as possible teach their kids to be great with money. Using stories and visualizations such as seeing money as seeds, Will and Blue Tree Savings have provided hundreds of parents with the resources needed to make their kids grow up financially healthy and wealthy. He's also the author of the children's book, Grandpa's Fortune Fables, Fun Stories to Teach Kids About Money. As some of you may know, I'm passionate about teaching kids about money and the importance of our young people growing up with solid foundations and financial knowledge. So it was great to connect with Will and a fantastic conversation, which I hope you'll enjoy. As some of you may know, I'm passionate about teaching kids about money and the importance of our young people growing up with solid foundations and financial knowledge. So it was great to connect with Will and a fantastic conversation, which I hope you'll enjoy. <laughs> Only grow up once. And again, being an actuary loving statistics, someone said to me that 90% of the time that you spend with your children is went before they turned 12. Wow. So I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Again, I don't know where it came from, but you can understand that's true. Like, mm. you spend, I said, like, I really want to make more time with my young daughters. So my wife and I put in a plan and say, right, well, let's take a few years, let's leave this corporate life <laughs> and spend time with our kids. Um, so we put in a little bit of a plan. And then in 2019, that's exactly what we did. We left, both left our full-time jobs and we moved to where I am now, which is uh, central Vietnam, to kind of have a completely life adventure before the girls get to, to secondary school um, and do something a bit different. And that's exactly where we are now. We have, um, we've been here now two years. It's been a fantastic experience. The girls are really enjoying the international school and I'm getting to spend so much more time with my kids uh, than I thought, clearly due to COVID, probably more than I ever <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> yeah. It's been a fantastic uh, life choice to, to come over here and, and do something a bit different. Wonderful. That's really exciting. So... I can I can definitely relate. You know, I've got a daughter myself who's ten, and you know, wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. But I can imagine, you know, you're in Hong Kong. You're both your wife and yourself working corporate lives, presumably pretty well compensated. Um, you know, li living a, a, a decent life. You mentioned on on your website that. Um, People were talking about, you know, are you going to be able to afford that? And was was that people saying to you you couldn't afford it, or were, or were they saying that themselves couldn't afford it, or was it a mixture of both? Yeah, so it was. Uh, I've got a number of comments, but yeah, people were saying, how can you afford to do that? Right. So I don't think they about our first personal wealth, but it's more mm. a reflection probably on on them. Yeah. Uh, but because my wife and I have been saving and investing for for many many years. Um, so we knew how much income we were getting from our, so we got some a property in the UK, for example, and we've got some investments. We knew how much money we were gonna be uh, generating each year from without working. And we knew what kind of did our budgeting for how much it's gonna to cost to, to live in, in Vietnam and do the international school. We could see if we could maintain this lifestyle without eating into our savings and not have to, to work, uh, which was, kind of really uh, I don't know, great feeling to have that to know actually well I'm, we're going to be able to take this time off and it's kind of like a, a retirement before we get to retirement age um, yeah. fantastic and yeah we then realized just how fortunate we are to be in this position 
and that's because we have been saving and, and investing for that longest time and it turns out even in the people in the financial services industry which i was in who earned a lot of money in a lot of cases a lot more than i was ever earning um, couldn't do what we were doing or we are doing because they never saved and invested they just mm. more and, and did the general thing of earn more spend more um mm. or just waiting till they get to sort of 65 before they can have this kind of opportunity whereas we were like actually i'd rather have this time with my daughters now than mm. maybe uh, than have a something nicer in terms of clothes or cars or house <laughs> or yeah. holidays so it was a bit of a life choice um but yeah no it's uh, i didn't realize until people started asking me that how unique <laughs> our kind of financial position was relative mm. to others i suppose it, all, it also talks to the the people their fear you know their their own limitations um think, thinking that they can't afford it and then they're putting that onto you yeah and the other one was quite interesting because when i first even told my wife uh shall we do this in 2017 she wasn't mm. let's definitely do this <laughs> it was kind yeah. of a, a few sort of months etc to sort of bring her around and one of the bits that she rightly asked is but no one else does this why 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 would we do this yeah. and part of it is that most people don't have that opportunity to do it and therefore but a lot of times people just don't even think about it the default yeah. is that you leave university or uh, higher education you get a job and you work 40 years and then you retire and that's just pre-programmed into most people and until someone kind of comes in there and sort of injects and says well you don't have to do that you could do no. this other bit um and so i don't know what caused me i think it's that conversation as i said earlier that's got me really thinking oh, actually i don't have to wait until i'm 65 to, to have time and choices um i can do that now but the only reason i can do that is because yeah i've been saving and investing uh quite yeah. diligently uh for, for many years yeah good for you i love it it, it maybe thought of um uh tim ferris's book the four hour work week i don't know if you're familiar with that he mentions yeah. in there mini retirements you know working for a bit and then being able to travel or to you know to to relocate and so on and it, it just makes sense doesn't it that that old model of work all your life you know retire at 65 67 or beyond you know you're not going to have obviously that same uh, opportunity with your children but also the same kind of zest for life or attitude to risk i suppose at that point yeah no and that book is fantastic and i think again that i think i was reading that about the same time as we we're talking about this so and that really got me thinking because amount of people who have read that book because it's such a popular book for mm. our work week but how many people actually take action on that? And that's yeah. like another bit that I'm now focusing on is because I write lots of blogs, et cetera, about what people should be talking to their kids about. Mm. But it's also, it's not just reading it. You need to take action. And it's yeah. one of those bits I feel quite proud that I didn't just read something or think something. I actually took action. And I'm quite, again, it's quite scary, but um, I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, I love it. So thinking about, your background so you were saying you you were um, saving and investing from an early age where did that come from what did you learn about money growing up yeah so i when i was growing up um my, my parents claimed that they talked to me about money but i don't remember it <laughs> distinctly but the best thing that they ever did was kind of show me more so so my parents lived in the same house so i lived in the same house growing up for 25 years then they got promotions and et cetera. And it was, but they never changed house. They never 
try to keep up with the Joneses. And then essentially, as soon as I finished university being the younger sibling, my parents said, right, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're then they, they retired and moved off to Spain. Right. And so they did that. And my, my mom was late 40s, I think, when they did that. My dad in his 50s. And it was like, wow. So I kind of saw them. So when I was starting my new graduate job, you know, you start and I was working like 60 hour weeks, really slaving away. And then you speak to my, spoke to my parents and they were like, oh, it's a beautiful day here in the sun. And we painted a chair. And we went to this nice little cafe and had a coffee. And I was like, oh, I want your life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's so I essentially said, well, I, that's exactly what I do want. And I want to be able to, to retire early and use money and so and yeah, it all came down to the fact that they their main focus was to pay off their mortgage um, and they did that very, every time they got a pay rise or a bonus they used that to pay down their mortgage with the goal of as soon as i finish university they're going to go and live in the sun so i kind of got to see this and um, i thought well that's what i want to do so i was very very fortunate mm. to yeah, witness my parents uh, being diligent savers and I kind of copied them and that's yeah. kind of given me the opportunity I have today and why I focus on what I do well fantastic yeah I can see that you know that your parents having that long-term plan of you know this is what we want to achieve and then executing on it I mean it was probably small sacrifices along the way that they you know didn't splurge on new cars or holidays or whatever but the payoff is is you know many times that you're sacrificing the odd meal out for you know an extra 20 years of your life in the sunshine um i can definitely see the payoff there no exactly and yeah no because yeah i kind of got to see it firsthand when i get when i was young and single at the time i used to go over and just do long weekend weekends over in spain and Mm. take all my friends as well and (laughs) yeah it's definitely a life beautiful yeah Nice. So where does your drive to teach parents and kids about money come from? So my drive to teach kids about money came from wanting to do something whilst I was in Vietnam, uh, whilst the kids are at school. And it's a bit of a reaction to when I, as I said earlier, when people said, oh, how can you afford to do that? And then kind of reflecting back on, well, why do I save and invest? And then going back to learning from my parents but also sort of mingled with the, the fact that I want to spend more time with my kids so I thought well let's sort of merge those together and spend time trying to teach my daughters about money uh, coming out of stories and analogies and then the more I kind of researched into it it really stuck me that there wasn't that many resources there's some in the UK for example there's some really good charities and, and books such as yourself um, that aim to talk to children directly. And I think that's fantastic. But there wasn't much for parents. So my whole aim was, I want to be able to teach parents about money in such a simple way that then they can teach their children. Because I believe that if parents uh, can teach their children, then hopefully it will spark the parents to to be good role models and uh, use it as a catalyst to make Mm. their own financial uh, lives better. Because I think if children just learn about money in isolation and then at home, they kind of see their parents doing something very counter <laughs> to that, that can be quite confusing for them. So that's why I initially started writing blogs and stories to say to parents that here's a story that I believe you should tell your child uh, and teach them the kind of money lesson behind that mm. with the aim of the 
parents will read it, learn themselves, uh, and also have this kind of nice engagement with their child, rather than just saying, here's a get your child to read this story. Yeah. Um, and kind of learn something new, but might not be reinforced at home. So, oh, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah I, I, I mean, I can completely relate to what you're saying. I mean, I, um, I, I went for the school's approach, I think, first of all, because I, I was doing a lot of work in primary schools. Um, and the, the story behind my books, The Financial Fairy Tales, was that um, I was invited, I was working in a primary school and you, they're, they're lovely, kind of bright, cheery environments, aren't they, primary schools? And pictures on the walls and Gold Star of the Week and, and you know, it's, it's very kind of bright, nurturing space. And um, one day that they had a, a money day and a, and a guy from uh, one of the probably the big four banks turned up to talk to these kids about money, you know, seven year olds. And, and, in, you know, he was doing his best Mr. Bean impression. I think he was just gray from top to, to top to bottom. He was talking about completely age inappropriate things, you know, pensions and dividends and bond yields and all kinds of weird and wonderful things. And I was sat there thinking, what, you know, this is just going over these kids. They look like they're going to cry. So that prompted me to make some resources to, to help kids in schools. Um, but whenever I'm asked about who, whose responsibility is it, it there's got to be some parental involvement because as you say, I mean, they can learn all sorts in school, but then if they go home, particularly that age group, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, and see a complete opposite in the home, they're just going to ignore what goes on, uh, you know, in, in the classroom. So I completely agree about that need to, to educate the parents and to, to give them the, the prompts, I suppose, the tools to, to do that. And I also believe that, like you're saying about the, the banker who came in, money can be such an arbitrary and dull subject mm. both for, for kids but for adults as well um so my favorite personal finance book is the richest man in babylon okay so but it's for adults but it's written in a story format yeah so this the richest man in babylon and how he got there and mm. using these kind of wise stories to, to teach other people about how they can do what he did yeah and i just found that it's a much more engaging way of talking about money. <laughs> it's via stories. And that's why I've focused so much on trying to make money less boring <laughs> and trying yeah. to make it visual and a bit like your stories as well. Yeah. Something that they can remember, even if they don't remember that all the links between the story and money at first, a bit yeah. like sometimes Aesop's fables, it's not completely obvious what the moral is, but no. they remember the story. And then over time, as they, they hear or alluded to that that story then they kind of piece it together and that's exactly what i want with these the stories and the blogs and the analogies mm -hmm. that i use that hopefully both for the parents and for the kids that it'll be they'll stay in the memory for longer and soon enough they'll they'll kind of piece it all together and say ah <laughs> i don't want to be uh, scammed by scammy sam or <laughs> sure that i grow my kind of financial forest and it's, it's kind of visual and easy to talk about uh, topics yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I was thinking about um, there was some research done a while ago about our beliefs and habits, uh, particularly around money or other other things are formed in early childhood, sort of up to about the age of seven. Um, and you think, well, if, if kids aren't learning anything in schools, perhaps at that age, and, and there's a sort of 
generational issues around money and maybe it's debt, maybe it's limited thinking or whatever that might be, poverty. Um, it, you know, the kids haven't got much chance to break out and it's very hard to change that mindset when you get later in life if, if that's been programmed into you from an early age. So I think that's what's really important to, to um, you know, promote, promote as much as we can um, financial education for, for younger children. That's 100% agree and it's so, so important because as you say, by the age of seven, they, their, their brain's kind of getting hardwired into their beliefs and habits about money. And without any guidance from parents or schools or any external bits, kids are only going to see money for spending because that's mm. just a natural thing that they'll pick up. They'll see parents pay for things in shops. They'll get pocket money or birthday money. And adults will say to them, what are you going to go and spend that money on? So in their brains, it's just money spending, money spending, money spending. Mm. Then after seven, um, at some point, you need to then rewire that brain <laughs> to say, no, money is not just for spending. Mm. And if you just spend, then you're going to end up going into overspending and, and all the sort of financial difficulties that we're seeing so many young adults suffering from today. Oh, and that's so important that from a young age, that we kind of inject and sort of say, actually, we need to tell children money is not just for spending. It is for spending. It's fun. Spending is fun. We're not trying to say don't spend. Mm. It's just saying it's for spending. Plus, it's there for saving and it's for giving and it's for growing. Uh, and the sooner we can start talking to our children about that, the more their brains are going to just grow up with these mm. these habits that are going to last for a lifetime. Uh, and we know that trying to change habits as adults is is so so hard. As yeah. anyone who's uh, had any kind of vice, <laughs> know. <laughs> eating, smoking, uh, yeah. drinking. Most definitely. Fantastic. So what, what do you think the three main lessons that you'd like to share with parents are about, about teaching their kids about money? Yeah. So the first one that I always say to parents is when they're talking to kids about money is to get them to think of money like a seed. Um, and straight away, children will know they can give those seeds away and that's just like spending. But children will also then get a bit inquisitive and say what does it mean when you plant them and that's in my mind that's kind of saving and investing mm -hmm. and if they do that then they can grow into trees or blue trees because that's the wife my company blue tree mm -hmm. savings and they'll grow into this kind of financial forest and straight away kids are starting to see a they're learning that money is not just for spending because they know it's there for planting they'll get to see money growing in the future so not just thinking about money today but in the future and it, but just the language of it and talking about money as seeds just makes it a lot more visual, makes it a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. So my daughters will always be like, uh, Daddy, um, how many blue trees do I have? Or Daddy, can I put some of my pocket money towards my, my blue tree forest? Um, and it just makes it so much easier rather than sort of saying, oh, you have I don't know, this many pounds and this many pence and it's invested in this. this, this. Mm -hmm. So I always say to parents, first thing, just have a nice little conversation about money being like, uh, seeds and their kind of goal should be to have their own financial forest and it's those mm -hmm. who do have that fun financial forest in the future are the ones who are going to be financially kind of healthy mm -hmm. so that's my first one the second one is kind of based on that kind of analogy is just every time that your children or anyone's children gets some money whether that's from pocket money or tooth fairy or birthdays whatever it is just get them in the habit of saving just a little bit even if it's just one out of every 10 pounds or pence or whatever it is, just 10% of all that money every time. 
So they still get to spend 90% of the money they receive. So that shouldn't impact on their fun or ability to buy the toys or the sweets that they want. But that little 10%, if they get that every time, it'll just become a habit. And they'll see that over time, those little bits soon add up into kind of large amounts. But also when they're adults, they'll just start saving before they go spending. And I say that you always, what we want them to say is when they're adults, how come you've got so much saving? It'd be, well, that's just what I always do. <laughs> that's always, always, I've always done. Yeah. And I think that's such an easy thing for all parents to do. And it's so, so powerful. And if all children learn to just do that little habit, I think it will change that the kind of whole money mindset of, of that generation. Mm. So that's my point. And the third is to let children know that money can grow. And I think this is a concept that, again, needs to be taught. So for all parents, uh, start talking to children that if when they do spend money, that money goes to companies. So it's like the example I use with my kids is uh, years ago, we were in Hong Kong, uh, we were at McDonald's. And I said, you see that money that we've just spent at McDonald's? We've got a little bit poorer. McDonald's has got a little bit richer. <laughs> and all those people who are who are queuing up to buy their Happy Meals, they're all giving their money to McDonald's. They're getting a little bit poorer. Uh, and McDonald's is getting a little bit richer. Yeah. And that's not just here, but that's all the McDonald's around the world. And McDonald's is owned by people. <laughs> and so as McDonald's gets richer, those people also get richer. And those people are the people who invest their money and they're seeing their money grow. And then I explained to them that we invest on their behalf. So the blue trees that we have for them are actually money that we've invested in thousands of different companies all around the world. So every time we pretty much go to any shop and give them some money, that money kind of belongs a little bit belongs to them it's helping them grow this kind of forest and it's kind of a very simple way of teaching them about investing and seeing that money can grow as long as they save some uh, and plant that forest so they're the first three things one is get children to uh, think of money like seeds the second is make sure they kind of save one out of every 10 and then help them learn that money can grow and i think once they have that kind of mindset that money can grow mm. It just makes it more of an incentive to to save some money. And I think it's all about having those little goals and incentives that can spark a different mindset. And it's from your mindset that changes your actions. I think that's very, very powerful. Wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I think I can see that conversation. Do you, do you want to be a part owner of McDonald's or do you just want to be a customer of McDonald's? You know, and, and the difference between the two. Yeah. And then, uh, and similarly, other companies that you you might want to support brilliant yeah and they loved it especially because i say we invest in a, a global index fund so you kind of invest in thousands of companies so they love the fact they own a little bit of disney and they own a little bit of mcdonald's and the apple store and then, yeah yeah we own some of this <laughs> and, yeah. and even sort of there are seven my eldest was seven at the time mm. and she got a real buzz out of that um yeah. and it probably just never crosses most people's minds even adults that that's yeah. even a possibility no, that's great. Fantastic. So I've, I've admitted to talk to you about your book. Right. So tell me about the book. Where did the idea come? Where, where's your inspiration from for uh, Grandpa's Fortune Fables? Yeah, so it's a bit of what I've kind of collection of the different thoughts we've kind of gone through. So one was the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, which mm. I think is fantastic. But you, yeah. I tried to read it to my daughters and the language was just not child friendly at all. No. I wanted to have something had those principles in there but also for the last two years i've been writing blogs as part of 
uh, my website every week. And as part of those, I have written some mini stories uh, to say, right, well, if we're going to talk to your children about saving before you spend. Mm-hmm. So I had a little story about that already as a, a short story in a blog. And I had a number of these and they were kind of getting really good feedback from the people who are reading them. So I thought, oh, if I can just take them all and put them into a book, which had a, a nice flow over that. And that's exactly what I did. And I thought, what I want is that parents kind of sit down with their children and kind of read this book mm-hmm. together and kind of learn at the same time, whether that's even for children who are very, very young, so three or four years old, the little stories, again, just like the Aesop's fables, and hence why it's called Grandpa's Fortune Fables, they'll remember the little mini stories within each chapter, even if they don't go, I'm now an expert on money, but <laughs> they'll remember the story and then over time, they'll go, what does that actually mean? And be able to kind of go back to it. And the parents, if they've read it with them, will have that knowledge because it kind of explains uh, the little stories to them. And so I really hope it's going to take these parents and hopefully be a bit of a catalyst to change their their knowledge about money because most adults were just never taught about money. So mm-hmm. they've never taught about investing or taught about the importance of being patient when it comes to money. And these are all kind of little stories in the book. So yeah, no, so really uh, my main aim was just to try and get my content into a, as an engaging form that parents can sit down with their kids um, from all ages. So it's kind of written that seven to 13 year olds can read it on their own. Mm-hmm. But I'd love parents, almost regardless of the child age, to sit down and read it with their children. And it's, yeah, the feedback so far has been really, really positive, both in terms of children's engagement, but also the parents saying that they've learned some new aspects and new bits about money that they've never learned before. Yeah, no, that's wonderful, isn't it? It's great to get that feedback and that that sort of validation. We were saying earlier, if you can just help one person, one parent, one child, it feels good. But if you can do it on a bigger scale, it's it's a great feeling. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's totally as I say going from the sort of big corporate job where clearly the compensation was vast, but higher than, than sort of book, the amount of money you get from selling a book. Yeah, the reward that you get from uh, getting direct feedback and people writing nice comments or, mm. or even recommending the book on my behalf and people I've never met before, it's, it's overwhelming. And the best thing now, it's only been released, it's released on the 27th of October. And yeah, people who have read it have now sort of come back to me and said they want to buy some bulk books for their schools or their clients, etc. So yeah, that's been fantastic. And not just in the UK, but in uh, Singapore and Hong Kong and Dubai. Uh, so yeah, no, it's been really, really nice. Uh, fantastic. Well, I'm delighted for you. No, that's much. absolutely brilliant. So so what's next? What's next for Will? What's the, what's the big picture? Where do you see this going? So I just want to get my content out to as many people as possible. And what I'm working with now is to try and work partner with different companies who have either technology or um, exposure to to different parents to try and get this content out there because it's just a, a and as you know it's, it's hugely under resourced um, for the magnitude of the, the impact it can have um, and it, there's rationale for that there's not a huge amount of financial incentive for large corporations to to sort of trying to go over trying to get access to, to kids pocket money <laughs> um, it's just not big enough sums but I want to work with those companies and say, well, let's work together. I'll provide the content um, and you provide the sort of exposure to those parents. And then mm. we can really make a difference to, 
that next generation. So with that, those partnerships I want to work on, uh, so with the new sort of cashless society, so companies who are providing these debt prepaid cards, so mm -hmm. working with a couple of those to provide the education to go along with those cards, because my view is those cards are good, but a bit dangerous in isolation. <laughs> so I can just, I was just a, a eight, nine year old and someone gave me a, a a card that I can go and buy stuff on. I'd go straight to the shops and play with it. <laughs> the power of those cards and the technology and the apps with education together is going to be essential for this kind of where money's now becoming invisible. Mm -hmm. We need the education and we need those that technology. So education and technology, I want to be part of the, the education part with those companies and also working with uh, other financial companies to, to try and make sure that kids grow up looking after money from a very early age before they get into the realms of debt mm -hmm. uh, and credit cards. Uh, so yeah, kind of partnering up. But depending on the success of the book, I'd love to do games and et cetera to try and find other engaging ways to get kids interested in money. Love it. No, that's absolutely fantastic. You know, I wish you every success with that. Thank you very much. No, oh, brilliant. So how can people find out more about you and the book and where are you online at the moment? So um, my website is bluetreesavings.com. Uh, so on there, I release a weekly blog to help parents teach their kids a new uh, topic about money. It's also got access to, to my book. Um, my book's available on Amazon. Uh, so Grandpa's Fortune Fables, um, if you look that up. Mm -hmm. But I also am very active on LinkedIn. So Will Rainey, um, I kind of post uh, a few times a week with sort of little tips for, for parents and about money related ones. But yeah. I say it's not just uh, for the kids. A lot of times the adults find it very uh, insightful as well, just because they've never had exposure to these kind of topics uh, before. So yeah, that's a month LinkedIn. I am on Twitter and, and Facebook, if you look up Will Rainey, but more active on LinkedIn than anywhere else. Yeah, oh, brilliant. This has been great, Well, I really appreciate your time and, uh, and, and wholeheartedly support the work you're doing and wish you every success in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the, on the show. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. You know, I wish you every success with that. Thank you very much. Oh, brilliant. So how can people find out more about you and the book and where are you online at the moment? So um, my website is bluetreesavings.com. Uh, so on there, I release a weekly blog to help parents teach their kids a new uh, topic about money. It's also got access to, to my book. Um, my book's available on Amazon, uh, so Grandpa's Fortune Fables, um, if you look that up. Mm -hmm. But I also am very active on LinkedIn. So Will Rainey, um, I kind of post uh, a few times a week with sort of little tips for, for parents and about money-related ones. But yeah. I say it's not just for the kids a lot of times the adults find it very uh insightful as well just because they've never had exposure to these kind of topics uh before so yeah that's a month linkedin i am on twitter and, and facebook if you look up will rainy but more active on linkedin than anywhere else yeah oh brilliant this has been great well i really appreciate your time and uh and, and wholeheartedly support the work you're doing and wish you every success in the future Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the, on the show.